New Just Baseball show. It is January 10th, 2022. Jack McMullen with Arm Layton. Wasn't that Sunday night game last night crazy when the Raiders and the Chargers both kneeled the ball for 60 minutes and they intentionally ended in a tie for both to go to the playoffs? You know, I was looking at all of the discussion on that and I was like, it's a fun conversation, but there's just no way it's ever happening. Like, there's no fun way. conversation. Like, it, these guys are competitive human beings. Like, that is what a pro athlete does. Is there any world where that thought crossed anyone's mind whose opinion mattered in the scheme of this game? No. No shot, 0%. There's no way. Could you imagine, bro, like, like when we're playing high school baseball, if all you needed was to, to tie through seven innings to go to district final or whatever, and would you just walk it? I don't even know how you would tie in baseball. Just bunt it out. Like, there's no shot I'm going up there and bunting out. There's no no way. So, And these guys are way more competitive than we are. That's why we're sitting here talking about them. So I thought it was really funny that that was a topic. I thought it was really cool when it was pointed out that that is a thing that was possible. But then we should have just left it there. Like, people were actually like, what if this happens? I'm like, it's not. It won't happen. It's impossible. Well, so that was the thing with with San Francisco and the Rams yesterday, too. Like, I was watching at the end, and Joe Buck, when we went to overtime, pointed out that if this game ended in a tie, both teams would get in. The Rams would lose the two seed spot. They would be the three seed, but San Francisco would get in. Like, I don't, obviously, the Raiders and the Chargers scenario was a lot different than that because one team was already in, like the Rams were already in. But I, it's an NFL football team playing one seventeenth of their schedule. It's not 162nd of their schedule. It's yeah. one seventeenth of their schedule. Yeah. They want to kick ass. Which, by the way, I hate 18 weeks. I, I'm just going to come out and say that. I There were way too many meaningless football games this week. Also, every single player broke a record, which to me, it's like change the record books. Like, I, And I know we talk about this from like old old baseball records when the seasons are shorter. But like this is one game in a football season changes everything. So now you're having I think there was like six records broken today, dude. I, I, I just don't care. It's different. It doesn't count the same to me. That that's my personal thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I also think that eight and eight is the perfect measuring stick. Like I think eight and eight teams should have to sit through that bullshit for the next eight months. Yeah. You know, the Dolphins finished over 500 and everyone's like, oh. Yeah, it's the first time the Dolphins had back-to-back seasons finishing over 500 since 2002-2003. They went 8-8 this year. I don't care what anybody tells me they went 8-8. Yes, this was a phenomenal win over the the Pats, and they did get the Pats' best, theoretically, right? They were trying. They didn't get their best ability, but they were trying, and the Dolphins won. But at the end of the day, they were 8-8 because they lost the game that mattered, and this game didn't really matter. I, I I don't love the extra game. I know players weren't that fond of it either. So like on top of that, uh, you know, I, I just think it was, you know, obviously it's a money grab. It's yeah. funny because on the baseball side, 
I want them to scale it back too. Uh, but you know, I don't know if that'll ever happen. I'm not sure what you think. Is that something you think we'll see in our lifetime? They scale baseball games back. I think 130 you'd be golden. 140 even you'd be golden. And I know some people might be like, "What the hell?" When you're listening right now, and it's not that I don't want more baseball. I I just think if you're going to expand the playoffs, let's cut the regular season back a little bit. Yeah, I I think the 2020 template of the playoffs is where we should be. Like I think that's what the postseason should look like. Thanks for looping it back to baseball, by the way, because I did mention off the top that this is the Just Baseball show. And the first word of our show title is just, and then here we are spending the first four minutes yes. talking about football. We're, but They're so misleading. Yeah, so misleading. God, we, we're gaslighting our audience. Right? Yeah. I think that's what we're doing. Um, but yeah, like I think the, the 2020 postseason template was perfect. Mm-hmm. I think if you had an 140-game season, that's great. Because if you ask any minor leaguer that went through 140, 140 was enough. Yeah, it's I, enough. I promise. With the with the scheduled in off day, uh, that that was that was popular without throughout the minor leagues. I don't know about you. I mean, you were in it, but a lot of players I've talked to, I've probably surveyed uh, more than a dozen guys on this, and they they all liked it because they knew when their off day was. It was pretty simple, and they could kind of just look forward to that. The only thing was the series packed together. Uh, for those who might not list, that might not know too much about how the minor leagues were structured. You know, in order to limit travel, you had one set off day a week, which was Mondays for everybody, right, Jack? Except AAA West. It was Wednesday for AAA okay. West. But you would have six-game series against the same team a lot yeah. of times, right? Yeah. And that's a challenge. You know, I was talking to some guys about that. It's just like you're getting the same thing over and over and over again. And sometimes you need to change the scenery. Like sometimes the team really has your number with the scouting report or whatever it may be. And it, and it just puts you in a slump almost <laughs> instead of a three game series where you struggle, like three game series is a tough series. Six games is a slump. And I think that's kind of what was happening for some of these players. Yeah, I think so. And I think that um, I think it was hard for starting pitchers, especially because you would go a week, like a true week between starts. That's yeah. not what happens at the big league level. But if you are the Friday guy, you're the Friday guy in minor league baseball right now. However, there was one guy in the rotation each go around, unless you had a six man rotation that would throw twice against the same team in the same week. So that yeah. Sunday could have yeah. been nutty because they just saw you to open the series five days prior. So that was a big problem with starting pitchers that I talked to. They didn't like throwing twice in the same week. Um, and a lot of people didn't like pitching once a week. However, there were some pros to that while the cons are there like, during the game the pros are there because you can get into a good pattern knowing that you know if you're going to throw two days that series you've got x pattern and then if you're going to throw one day that series you've got y pattern to get ready for your next outing so i thought it was good um yeah i i hear you on the six game thing personally i liked it because you could know everybody like the back of your hand by game five so the last two for a broadcaster it's great it was great and then like the universal off day monday was a savior oh you could schedule stuff in you know you could actually you know when i was in the cape we we had a lot of rain the first two weeks and all of our off days got shredded through and i look forward to like the one or two off days and i schedule just banger of a day both those times are the two off days we had. And, you know, I think you can kind of look forward to that every week, knowing that it's built in there of like, okay, I'm going to plan. I'm going to go do this. I mean, I know Griffin Conine, he would go, he was, when he was in Beloit, he would go, he knew every Monday he had his car up there. He, him and a couple buddies on the team, they would go drive to Chicago, 
you know, yeah. and make a day out of it. And yeah. like, that's something cool that I think is good for the sanity of players too, uh, to be able to kind of just build in and plan ahead and say, Hey guys, like, let's go travel a couple hours to Chicago on a Monday. Um, and, and I think that was, that was something that was definitely, uh, beneficial for players. So I'm interested to see how they proceed next year with, with the way they do all of those things for the minor leagues. 100%. Um, the gist of the podcast today is a couple weeks ago, I said Tyler O'Neill has the potential to become a superstar in 2022. Yeah. You pushed back on that. You said, are you sure? Like superstar, like that's a big word. And I've called it the S word before. I think that's my version of the S word because I say shit enough. I say shit left and right. But my S word is superstar. And I don't like using it lightly, but I, as soon as you pushed back, I was like, wait, like, is he? I need to know my definition of superstar. You need to know your definition of superstar because it's probably different. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into who we currently think are superstars. And then we're going to get into a list of guys that I think personally, and if you put together a list as well, who you think could become superstars in 2022. But before we do any of that, I'm looking at your background right now. And as soon as you hopped on the Zoom, I said, where is the poster of Dinger that I got you, the Colorado Rockies mascot? And you said, I have my task rabbit coming tomorrow. And I said, what does that mean? Yeah. So, you know, for, for those who aren't very handy, um, which is basically our generation, right? So some smart motherfucker came up with the idea of, hey, why don't I have a bunch of great handy men and women be able to sign up for this app like Uber drivers almost, except they don't drive you anywhere. They drive to your place. And they help you do things that you are incapable of doing, which is, uh, you know, hanging stuff up, uh, building a dresser, uh, doing things like that. See, I could hang it, but I'm the type of dude that if I hang it, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to look at it. It's going to be off. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it a hundred times until, and it's never going to be perfect. Somebody else does it. I'm just like, oh, all right, he tried his best and I'm going to leave it. So task rabbit comes, they hang your stuff up. They build your stuff. This desk was made by a task rabbit. My bed was made by a task rabbit. I'm not doing that. It's, it's, it's reasonably priced too. I would rather do that. And I can justify it by saying, Oh, this is time that I could use to be productive and make more money in my career. And that's how I justify it. Even though I'm probably just sitting there watching TV while he's building my stuff out anyways. Yeah. But you're watching TV to accumulate knowledge, accumulate knowledge and on sports. Like, like, mom, I have to watch the game. I can't go to dinner with, with you and, and the family because I got to watch baseball. So I am kept up. It's my job. Okay. It's you know what? That, that's a bunch of bullshit. You can watch the condensed game on MLB TV the next morning. Uh, I stand same. by that. You same. and I, I think you and I are different with that because I would never hire a task rabbit. I was not handy. And then I figured it out over the last couple of years. Honestly, I used the pandemic to just do a, a shit ton of manual labor and listen, man, I live in Indiana. I, I got to be handy, right? Like that's the Midwest thing. I got to roll up my sleeves on my flannel t-shirt and get to work. Yeah, but I'm, I, okay, fair. I'm in New York City and I think I'm blue collar for this city. <laughs> like I, that's the thing. Like I'm you probably blue collar. I'm blue collar compared to, to most of the people out here that are, that are our age. Yeah, you're not Neiman Marcus and Saks Fifth Avenue. No. And, and I walk places and uh, I take the subway and, and you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Um, I hear you. Especially from uh, certain areas, but yeah, no, I, I I'm, I'm definitely working on it. I did put together this podcast arm by myself. Great. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And, and I'm working on it. I'm a sports guy. 
you know, and I got to be a little bit more blue collar. So yeah. I'm working on it. Those will all be hung up. Dinger will be front and center. Perfect. And, uh, but task rabbit, little free promo there for my fellow, uh, inept handy people. Bada bing. Let's talk about superstars. I'll start with Miriam Webster's definition of the word superstar. Fair. <laughs> yeah. That's like, this is like a high school essay. Yeah, Merriam-Webster yeah. defines superstar yeah. as, quote, a <laughs> Whoever star. the first person to do that was smart. And then after that, it was just like. It's called, yeah, what is it called? Uh, yeah, what's it called? Uh, forgery? No. Plagiarism? Oh, plagiarism. Yeah, plagiarism. I was going to say perjury, but it's plagiarism. Perjury? No, perjury. that's for Barry Bonds. Yeah, that's no good. Merriam-Webster defines superstar as, quote, a star, as in sports or the movies, who is considered extremely talented, has great public appeal, and can usually command a high salary. Second definition, one that is very prominent or is a prime attraction. That's their definition of superstar. So we're going to take turns giving our definition. I said to you on the phone earlier today, uh, I want you to come with your own definition of the word superstar. I'm going to come with my own. And then you come with a list of guys. I come with a list of guys. You come with a list of possibilities. I come with a list of possibilities. So I'll start with my definition. I think the definition of superstar can be a person who is a at or very near the level of best in the world with their particular skill set, and B, able to capture my undivided attention while, while showcasing that skill set. So, like, I'm thinking watching Christian Bale or Leo DiCaprio act at or near the top in the world at acting, and they have my undivided attention. How about Adele singing near the top of the world in her profession, and I always listen when there's a new Adele song. So that's my definition. What's yours? You know, it's funny because I looked more like baseball specific on it. Like I was stuck in the baseball lens of it because I think that's a really good definition overall of like a superstar. And I was just thinking from, from a baseball perspective, it's just the marriage for me of talent and marketability. Right. And, and that's the most simple way of boiling it down. But for me, I feel like, and it was really hard for me to put it into words, but I feel like there's just this, this aura that certain level of players are, are, are able to just kind of give that you kind of just get. When you look at a Bryce Harper, you just, it's palpable. It's superstar. When you look at a Vlad Jr., it's palpable. You just feel superstar. Same with Otani, Tatis. I, I was really struggling with, with the like verbiage of it because yeah. I, I didn't, I was like, what is palpable about it? Like, why are these guys superstars? And I realized it's, a, it's not that they're just incredible at what they do. It's that they are so supremely confident in how incredible they are at what they do, that that is the palpable aspect of it, right? Like when you watch Bryce Harper at the plate, he's scary as hell. Same thing with, with all of the other guys I just mentioned. I think there's a level of like instilling fear into your opponent as well. That is really interesting. They, they command the attention of not only the everybody watching, but the other team. And so I think I, for me, it's, it's center of attention, right? It's, it's focal point of that ball game, not just your team of that ball game. And it's, it goes to, you know, game planning. It goes to who the broadcasters are talking about. It's the focal point for me. And, and that's kind of the, that was the word that or phrase I was able to kind of hit on a little bit more. I love that. I really love that. And, you know, there are a few people in like sports history who without flash can become a superstar because you're looking at like this ability to captivate you and the other team. 
Yep. Like Tom Brady was never really that flashy, but Brady was just so surgical with everything he did that he became a superstar. Same with Peyton Manning. And then I'm looking at basketball too. Kawhi Leonard, Tim Duncan, two guys that were so surgical and perfect mechanically that they became superstars because they commanded yeah. everybody's attention because they never made mistakes. Yeah, you have to be perfect. You actually perfect. have to be perfect. perfect. Or, or you could be pretty darn good and flashy. And then that kind of takes you to the next echelon like pretty easily. Because I look at like a Trey Turner. Trey Turner's a superstar, right? Yes. But like he's not, he's not one of the first guys that would come to your mind, but he was number one among all position players in F war, right? Yeah. And and was amazing at everything. There's, there's not a, a hole in his game that you can really poke. Yeah. And when you look at it from that lens, you're like, he should be up there with everybody. And he's got the most you know dynamic ability, but he just doesn't quite have that first on your mind, superstar type of uh, persona to him. And, and that definitely matters because you look at a Tatis and yeah, I think Tatis is, you know, ultimately probably going to have a better career when it's all said and done. But when it comes to last year, I mean, like they Turner were right there with each other. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Turner was better. He was available. He did more. Uh, he almost went 30, 30. Like, you know, he was just better last year, but you're thinking about Tatis this season, you know, front and center. And you're thinking about Tatis front and center as well. I would even argue the same thing with Correa. I mean, Correa, Correa showed more of that superstar uh, aspect to him in the postseason, but the regular season, it was pretty quiet. You know, <laughs> you, you weren't seeing much. Not until he went yard and, you know, pointed to his wrist, yeah. which fired me up because I was like, I want more of that. You know, that that was kind of the thing with Correa, too. Like, he was unbelievable this year. Uh, but even in this big, I wouldn't say breakout, but best season that he's really had, he didn't feel quite like that superstar until the playoffs when he was on the big stage. Then he rose to it. Right, right. And I, you know, I put together like this tinker definition for baseball specific. Um, my definition in baseball terms is kind of echoing that if the other 17 players that you are going to watch that impact the game that day are 0.0 war guys, this one person makes me want to drive a half hour in traffic and pay the price of admission to see him. Yeah, exactly. Which, which kind of builds off of, yeah, the, the focal point thing, right. right? Like you're going to pay to see this guy. And, and that's where it's tough because it's like, am I paying to see Brian Reynolds? Like, no, not, not yet. Not yet. I'm not ruling it out. I mean, if, if he's hitting 330 with third acts and you know, doing special things on, on the defensive side of things, like, yeah, I'll, I'll pay to see Brian Reynolds. But right now I'm not. So my other that, thing, that line. my other thing, um, and my dad actually kind of brought this up when I was I was running this by him. Uh, he said, is it time sensitive? And I said, what do you mean? He was like, can you be a superstar for a week? Yeah, no, that's a good question too. And then I was like, I initially Jeremy no, what? Jeremy Lin. That was the first one to come to my mind. I was like, no, no, no. And then I thought Jeremy Lin. And then I thought when Yasiel Puig came up, right? Like that, he was a superstar for a month. And then after that, he was just like riding that. He was riding the debut month. Like Aristides Aquino found his way <laughs> on a 26 man because of the first two weeks in Major League Baseball he had. I, I love what Clay Snowden says about that. He says it's the worst. Aquino's home run stretch was the worst thing that could have happened to the Reds because it bought him multiple years of, of them just still believing it, <laughs> which is really funny, but Man. you know, that, that it's, it's somewhat true. And I think that's a separate thing. I think that's, 
you know, I look at that and, and it's like lightning in a bottle. You know, we're talking about guys that, you know, have that staying power. And I think that's part of being a superstar too, is, is the staying power of being great. And that's the challenge. That's probably the hardest part. A lot of guys have gotten to the top, not, not as many stay there. Uh, yes. And I think that's, that's the big time challenge. So I've got, I've got 24 guys that I consider superstars right now. Wow. Okay. Is that a high number? Uh, no, honestly, no, it's not that much higher than mine. So like when I saw it, I was like, this is high. I don't know. I was looking more like 15, 18 range. Okay. I'm going to run through by division. Um, do you want to go like yes or no? Like I say it and you say yes yeah, or no. And, I'll, and I'm actually going to write it down the guys that I am very not in agreement with. Okay. So I'm ready to go. Uh, in the AL East, Vladdy Jr. is a superstar. Correct. <laughs> I think there are three on the Yankees. I think Judge, Garrett Cole, and Giancarlo Stanton. I think Stanton is still a superstar. So writing it down. I don't think Aram likes Stanton. Uh, I, I was like back and forth on this guy. Like I actually spent five minutes thinking about him. I, I would still say that Chris Sale is a superstar. Yeah, I think you got to give him a chance to return from Tommy John surgery, right? Yeah. I mean, and if he he showed he looked a lot different in his last couple starts of the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I'll, I'll stick with that. Yeah, I, I think you got that guy has earned the benefit of the doubt. We can that's revisit it. that midseason, you know? Yeah. So that's it for the AL East right now. Stay tuned for who I think can be there in 2022. But that's it for the AL East right now. You said Vladdy and then that was I it. said Vladdy, Judge. Cole Stanton sale. You know, what's crazy too, is like Marcus Semyon, for example, you know, he, he was fourth in, in F war last year and we know how special he was, but like, I agree with you. He's not really a superstar. It, what if he does it again for two more years? Yeah. I, don't, I still don't even know what his voice sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't, I know everything about his game. I could, I could probably sketch his swing in a motion picture, like yeah. through a flip little thing on you know, the notepad. But, like, I don't know what his voice sounds like. There's uh, something missing there. Like, there's yeah. the attraction that's missing there. It's probably playing in Oakland for a lot of time. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Jose Ramirez, I think, is a superstar in the AL Central. Yeah, of course. Um, I think Byron Buxton is a superstar. Yeah, it's such a weird one. Yeah. I, like, I, I, when he's on the field, he's, a, he's, he, he's made $100 million and he's played, like, 20 games in his career. Think about that. How good you have to be in the games you've played to get a $100 million contract despite not playing. And to even be in this conversation. Yeah, no, he's a freak. That's fine. So that's it in the AL Central for me right now. Um, AL West, two Angels, Otani and Trout. Yep. Um, I've got two Astros. I've got Correa and Altuve. Okay. What do you think of Altuve? You're writing it down. No, I, I, I like Altuve. I'll, I'll, I'm writing it down because I'm going to bring up my point as to why he actually is a superstar. In my okay, fair. Now to the National League. I've got Freeman and Acuna. Yep. I've got DeGrom, Scherzer, and Lindor. Yep. That, that was hard. Lindor was hard. Yeah. Because he was there when he signed the deal, and then this year might have taken him off. Yep. Like, I think that's what happened to Javi Baez, too. Javi Baez is not a superstar anymore. No. 
Um, and then I've got Harper and Soto. Yep. NL Central. <laughs> you, you, I, I have a feeling you're saying, get the hell off my screen when I say these two names. But I think the two active superstars in the NL Central right now are Arenado and Christian Yelich. Long pause. Christian Yelich is getting written down. Yeah. I understand. Like, I, I get it. But I, I think I'm still driving 45 minutes to go see Christian Yelich play. Did you watch him play much last year? I did. I wouldn't drive anymore. And, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope yeah. I'm wrong. I'm, I don't know. That, that's All a right. tough one. That's a very tough one. Yeah. So NL West, I've got Mookie Betts and Trey Turner. Yep. I've got Fernando Tatis Jr. And I've got Manny Machado. Yeah. Active superstars. Who did you have that I didn't? Ah. Well, you know what the, the funny thing is? Isn't it funny how, how few pitchers we consider superstars? Yeah. So, like, I've got some guys that can enter that conversation in 2022 just by doing it again. Like, Corbin spoiler, Burns. like Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler, Shane Bieber. Yeah, because like it's hard to back this up with, like, I guess we could through, like, Google search volume or mentions on social media. Corbin Burns is, is by all intents and purposes, as the pitcher, a superstar. But – Nobody knows who Corbin Burns is outside of like the, the baseball community. Right. So I, I think that's an important component. I think if he does this for a couple more years, he's a superstar, but he's missing the social component of being a superstar. So I think, I think everybody I just named, I can turn around to my mom or my girlfriend or, you know, just like my brother who my brother has gotten more into baseball, but like my brother was not into baseball like three years ago. I think if I turn to any of those three people and my girlfriend's like a diehard Cubs fan, but if I said all 24 of those names that I just listed, she would say, yes, I know who that is. I know what team they play on. And then yeah. everybody else, I'm like, I don't know if you'd know. Yeah, pitchers, pitchers are really tough. I, I don't necessarily – I'm looking at my list of, of – like I had borderline pitchers, and the more I think about it, I'm like, no. I, those guys just aren't really superstars. And I think part of it's because they put pitch every fifth day, right? I mean, when, you're, when you only have – a one in five chance of seeing this guy play when you go to this, when you go to the stadium, whereas when you go to the ballpark, there's a 95 to 98% chance you're going to see every position player you want to see. Uh, that's, that's going to make a big difference. Uh, and I think that's why we see, we see kind of more position players here. So for those wondering why we, we may have omitted some pitchers that are really darn good and probably superstar good. That's why. And, and that's why the NBA is growing as quickly as it is because like they can showcase their guys every night. Correct. Correct. And I think baseball, you know, baseball is getting better with, with that on the marketing side with a lot of things, but yeah, it is an inherent challenge. Uh, honestly on, on the position players, I pretty much agree with, with everybody you threw out there though. There's a couple guys that I think are on the precipice. I, I would have seriously considered, which I think, you know, it might sound a little ridiculous, but like, if you look at what JT Real Muto could have been if he had a great year last year, but like, why, why? Cause he played in Miami, you know, like what? No, not now. I, like he had a bad year, but I was thinking like, and what about a Xander Bogarts? Yeah. So like, I just don't think JT's out for me now, but like, what if he was still solidly one of the best catchers in baseball? Like Real Muto. I, I don't know. Like, 
I don't know, it's hard because I think that there is a major market bias here. I think that it, while Philadelphia is a major market, like the Phillies have nowhere near the sex appeal that the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Dodgers, the Angels do because it's Philly and it's like you kind of get lost in the NL East here if you're not the Mets of the World Series champ. Yeah. yeah. You got to be the MVP to overcome that. It, that's totally fair. But so the one guy I would really say that that I, I have that you don't, uh, to me is, is Xander Bogarts. I think when you're when you're the fan favorite in a major market uh, and you've been there for, and I don't know if they're going to keep him. I think it's, it seems more like they're not going to long-term, but he's been there now for what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years, nine yeah. years. Right. And, and I mean, the guy has gotten better every year. Yeah. And when you hear the way other, other pitchers talk about him, I loved hearing what Marcus Stroman had to say. He's like, there's no way to really get him out. Like you just have to hope he gets himself out. His swing is so built to just be able to hit everything. His pitch selection is so incredible. Sub 20% K rate walk rate continues to rise. I mean, he's hit. you combine the last three seasons over a 300 batting average over a 370 on base. The defense is an issue, but I just think he hits the superstar qualifications. His coming out party in the 2013 world series and postseason. I just think he hits that hits that mark, and he's got that kind of flashiness to him too. Well, and he was the guy that opponents game planned around. He was yep. feared by his opponents, and he was loved by his fans. Yeah, that's why the Stroman thing resonated with me. Is like we would spend time trying to figure out how to get him, and we we, we really couldn't. You yeah, know, we don't really. I still don't know how to get him, and, yeah. and the numbers kind of reflect that. He's never struck out more than twenty percent of the time, besides his rookie season. Right. <laughs> which is which is absurd. Right. And, and, you know, he's he's on his way probably to if he continues doing what he's doing to a potential Hall of Fame career in Boston. You know, all things considered. Yeah, he, he's on that superstar list for me. And I would have him there uh, potentially over Lindor at this point. Yeah, he has more staying power to me. So here's here's why I said Lindor. Um what he generated with that three homer game in Queens at the end of the year, like that, that showed me superstar. Right. And wasn't that for the hunger of how bad he was though? I think it was, but you also think about another thing that screamed superstar to me was he just signed for three forty one because Tati signed for three forty. Like there's something about that. That's what made Antonio Brown a superstar. Like he had that. Wow. You're kind of a piece of shit, but you're so exciting. Yeah. Not, you know, like I, I'm not going to fight that one because like he could come out next year and, and look unreal. He makes the flashy plays. He's an unreal defender. He's got the, you know, his own kind of style with, with his hair and the way he kind of carries himself. And, you know, I'm with that. I'm with that. Stanton, really the only, the only reason I'm going to lean Stanton is because he hits the ball harder than anybody who's ever wielded a bat in the history of baseball. And it's not even close. And he also looks like Dwayne the Rock Johnson physically. Like, yeah, you know, the more body, I think about it too, it's like everyone knows who Stanton is. Everybody. He was yeah. in the T-Mobile commercial. Like, Giancarlo Stanton is a marketable guy because he's carved like a Grecian god living in New York City, and he's the strongest dude in Major League Baseball. Yeah, and that's kind of my issue with 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 Christian Yelich. Right? Is is Yelich? Yes, he he should have been a back to back MVP. Right, and mm-hmm. and he helped get this Brewers team back to the postseason, but they didn't win anything. Uh, you know, he he had those two great seasons, has fallen off a cliff. He doesn't have 
uh, uh, this just built appearance that you remember what he looks like. The only reason people remember what he looks like is because he looks like Pete Davidson minus Kim Kardashian. <laughs> so I just don't know if I look at Yelich and think superstar unless he's playing at that insane level. When he's doing that, then absolutely. But he's not even doing that. And it's he's not the most marketable dude in the world. I'm going to lean no on Yelich. I would definitely put Bogarts in over Yelich at this point. Yeah, it, that's fair. That's fair. And like after this discussion, I probably agree with you. And I also think as somebody that loves Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and whose girlfriend lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, like Milwaukee dings him. Like Milwaukee is not a big enough market. You have to be Giannis level to become a superstar in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And he's a legend there. Um, Yelich was, you know, and I, I think he still is. And I, I don't think they've quit on him after two years. But no. you know, I, I remember talking to some buddies from Milwaukee and they were all like, yeah, it's Giannis and Yelich out here, you know. But and obviously Giannis brought the title. So it's, a, it's he's in a different, he's in his own area now. So think about this. Think about overcoming your market. Christian Yelich, we're having this conversation right now. Corbin Burns is the second best pitcher in baseball, according to Colby Olson with just baseball. And I agree with him. Yeah, Corbin Burns, second best pitcher in baseball, and he's not on our superstar list because he pitches in Milwaukee. Yeah. Matt Harvey was a superstar when he debuted. You know what's crazy is, is I was looking at Harvey's numbers and he was insane for like a couple of years, but you would think he was way better than he was for longer for how relevant he is. Yeah. He wasn't like that good for that long. No. <laughs> he was insane for like half a season, had a, a, another, you know, good year. And then kind of, you know, obviously everything happened, but he was, he was the first all-star pitcher in New York since Johan for the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk about the transcending markets thing. That's what, that's why I can't emphasize how big of a blow and obviously more important things in the world, like his actual life, but Jose Fernandez, I mean, to transcend the Miami market, right? Like one of the first times I, I ever really hung out with you was after he died, you know, we were freshmen in college and we went to a music festival, you know, at our, on our campus and you were rocking the Jose Jersey. And I remember thinking, man, I've never seen a Marlins Jersey outside of my local area. And I barely see them in my local area. So that, you know, that just thought there where I was just like, wow, somebody else is like wearing a Marlins Jersey. That's not just to be ironic from, you know, Dontrell Ellis or something like that. Right. That was crazy to me. And, and it took a player like Jose who checked all of those boxes, right. Insane on the mound, infectious personality, uh, not shy from the cameras. And you built that all together and he was able to transcend a terrible market. So, so think about what it took for Montreal to have a Jersey Vlad Guerrero. It took Vlad Guerrero for Montreal to have a Jersey stateside. It took Andre Dawson. Like aside yeah. from the logo, it was Vlad Guerrero and Andre Dawson. And that was it. In Oakland, I haven't seen an A's jersey in recent memory. Like I saw a couple Yoannis Cespedes jerseys at one point, but you're not seeing a Matt Chapman jersey anywhere. You're sure as hell not seeing a Matt Olson jersey anywhere. Like it's it's impossible to get no. out of Oakland with that type of market. And Miami, no. like yeah. Jazz Chisholm could possibly do that in like two years, right? Yeah, he's the next best hope. And, and it's just really not that close. And, and that's the frustrating thing about that. Um, and, and that's why I'm excited to kind of get into the conversation about like who could be the next superstars mm-hmm. uh, and kind of checking those boxes because it's beyond just the ability on the field, yeah. uh, as, as we've clearly noted. But yeah, it's it's a really baseball 
more than any other sport, I think, you know, you really have the market challenge because it's not once a week like football where, you know, everybody even knows who, who Tua Tagovailoa is, obviously, because of college, too. Like, you watch these guys go through college. Uh, you look at basketball. You either saw these guys play in March Madness on a big stage or they're playing so often, you know, like we were talking about, that you could see them a bit more. Uh, but there's a little bit of market bias in basketball, too. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely I mean, like if if some of the guys that are balling for the heat, for example, if Max Struess was on the Lakers, he's the next like Caruso. High he's a because, cult hero. Yeah, he's, he's you know, he's a god. And, you know, that's 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 the challenge. Um, but I look at oh, sorry, you have your finger up. What do you well, say? Quick thing on Max Struess to Paul Blue Demons legend. Max Struess. He's a bucket, dude. He is. He he's is. You've bucket. got like. You've got three, uh, you've got like five, like legit buckets sitting yes. there. Like hero, obviously Duncan Robinson's legit. Like yeah. he's one of the best shooters in the league. Struess is nice. Kyle guy. Kyle guy's fire. Like he's fire. His passing is sick. I've been, I've been thrilled with that. And um, then I was waiting for Omer Yurt seven to figure it out at NC state and Georgetown, just because he was big as shit. And then he's figuring it out with the Miami heat. Now. Yeah. He was a five-star guy. Right. And yeah. I mean, and he he just tied Shaq's record for consecutive games with double digit rebounds, I believe, Damn. as a rookie. Damn. <laughs> yeah. The, the Heat are the Rays of basketball. Good. I'll tell you that. Good for but, them. Uh, my Bulls are living large right now, too. Demar for MVP. But can we get to the guys that like could break in in 2022? Absolutely. Because okay. for us, I think we we're pretty much on the same page for the most part. You yeah. Know, like I, I didn't really have anybody that, you know, I was like, ah. Uh, like I, I don't see him being in there. Or I do see him being in there. Arenado, you know, it, offensively, yeah, he's not the same guy, but his defensive prowess is just so generational. He overcame the market in Denver. Yes, absolutely. I was watching his highlights as, you know, when I was still playing in high school on my laptop, you know, as a third baseman, just, just always trying to like look at his moves and everything. And you know, that's something that, as a guy on the other side of the country, as a kid that wasn't watching that many of the games because they were late and I had school at 6 a.m. Yeah. to get up for. So, like, yeah, I mean, that's that definitely says a lot. Uh, so, yeah, 100%. He's, he's so, there. So, you think Tulo was a superstar when he was in Denver? Yeah. Yeah. I he agree. He transcended that because he had, he had this like kind of like kid the old glove, the beat up glove and the eye black, like too the, low name, was- the name matters too, man. Like the name also just like he took hacks, but he played hard. He had a lot of this like kiddish energy to him. I think that's, that's a huge component of it too. Um, 100%. So I'll, I'll go through mine real quick. And then you can tell me who you think I'm missing. Okay, right? so, cool. Cause like on, on a baseball side of things, like, yes, I think some of these guys here, like I'll rattle off real quick, like Tyler O'Neill right on the precipice, right? He's got the physicality. He's, you know, just, he has got that like Popeye spinach type approach that I think people will, will love and eat that up. Yeah. And, and I think he's going to kind of fit that, fit yeah. that mold. Oh, Altuve. I agree with him because I think even a, another really big criteria to me is, is doing something that hasn't been done before. And yes, there have been five foot four baseball players, but not that have been able to hit as many home runs as Altuve does, right? To hit 31 jacks this past year, to hit, to hit as many home runs as he has in his career, I, it's just unbelievable. So he's a guy that really transcends just what it is to be a short second baseman uh, with what he has done. So that's why he's in that bucket as well. Uh, but 
I got to put Kyle Tucker there. And I know he lacks some of the pizzazz, but I, I just think the way he plays is going to grow on so many people. No batting gloves. He can hit for average. He can hit for power. He's fast. He makes great plays in the outfield. And I've been starting to watch some of his press conferences. He's a pretty funny dude that's starting to get comfortable. Is you he? know, he was he was the young guy on a team full of superstar superstars, you know, several of them. I think Bregman was on the precipice of that too until, you know, he slowed down, but he kind of fit a lot of that criteria. So he's on a team filled with those kind of superstar types of players and Verlander as well, you know, who's still, you know, he's probably a superstar. Yeah, like I to be totally honest, dating Kate Upton helps his case. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's just like just and and unfortunately, like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, he also is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, who's when he was in Detroit, Verlander was a superstar. Like, no doubt he was a superstar. Like because yeah, those Detroit teams were well covered. OK, here's another. Is Clayton Kershaw still a superstar? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But no, when like if he goes to Texas, he's not anymore. I don't think anybody's lining up. I'm not. I'm not scheduling uh, to watch Clayton Kershaw. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not putting. Might, on my man, card. that's Kershaw. Like that's Kershaw. Like I'm gonna watch, but am I? Am I prioritizing that? I don't know. Like his first start in Texas, I think. Oh, I'm first start, yeah, yeah. Six, seven, eight, nine start. Are you gonna oh. watch? Are you going to watch Isaiah Connor Falefa scoop up some ground balls at third and fire him across the diamonds at Nathaniel Lowe? Maybe when uh, Seeger's playing short and Semyon's playing second. Yeah. yeah, that's why I started with the corners. Yeah. Um, so just a weird team, by the way. Just a, the team is like a walking juxtaposition. There's uh, nothing especially anywhere else. Kershaw. Yeah, especially if they get Kershaw. Uh, but Tucker's an interesting one because I think he leaves a bit to be desired in like the marketability standpoint. But I just love the way he plays. He has his own style. His swing is is incredibly unusual in a good way. It's really hard to duplicate, and he's able to do it really well. Uh, he doesn't swing and miss. He's kind of a, a unicorn, I think, in, in this game, and, and I think that there's going to be a value to that. Uh, I just think he's going to be Yelich-level good, and mm-hmm. I think that's why he's going to be that kind of guy. Fair. Uh, and I, that's why I put him in the superstar bucket. That's fair. Who else? Nikki Lopez and number two. Shut up. Because <laughs> you up. can pick it. Um, no. Uh, d- to stay on, on course here with, with Houston, Jordan Alvarez. I, I yeah. think, and I'll tell you why. And this was something that, aside from you know what we see him being capable of in terms of prolific home runs, what really stood out to me was when I was in Boston. And when he's up at the plate, you could see it among like the fans. You could see it among just the way that, he's one of those guys you're game planning for as a pitcher as well. Mm-hmm. And also I was on top of the freaking monster Jack and he looked massive from there. He has this terrifying, daunting, just, just, just effect to him. And I think he's kind of in that, in that criteria as well for me. Yeah. No Salvi huh, on the superstar list. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, not in Kansas City, unfortunately. No, I, I think Zach Davies has superstar potential for sure. <laughs> yeah, he does all the little things. Yeah. Uh, Brian Reynolds, like, yeah, I guess, right? I'm going like, to push back on you until he leaves Pittsburgh or until I, Pittsburgh gets good again. See, same with Cedric Mullins. Yeah, because like in Pittsburgh, I think the only way you can be a superstar is Andrew McCutcheon. 
You know, like you are the anchor of it. Like you're dragging that team to 95 wins. Um, And and McCutcheon's game was just like so much more exciting than Brian Reynolds. Yeah, I agree. How about Nick Castellanos Uh, in in the right environment? Do memes, do memes help? Yeah. So like I was going to ask, like, did the Brenneman fiasco help him? What about like the flex on the, on, you know, at home? I'm going to say no on Nick Castellano. But to be honest, to but be he honest, makes it close. A lot, a lot, a lot of people know when you launch into, and there's a ball hit to left by Castellanos and that'll be a home run. Like a lot of people know that, that yep. don't watch baseball. A lot of people yep. know what that means. <laughs> Which I, that's, a, that's a tough one. It's that's a, a tough very, one. It's a tough one. What about, okay. Here's a really good one. I think. Trevor Story signs with the Yankees. Oh, is he instantly and and plays well? God, yeah, like, yeah. If he's got a good first two months, I think June one, we're saying yeah. Trevor Everyone's Story. talking about Trevor freaking Story. If Trevor Story is wearing eye black, playing shortstop in pinstripes, and has ten home runs through the first two months, everyone's yeah. talking about Trevor Story. Like maybe, yeah. I think so. Okay. I, I, especially just with what comes with that position. And really, yeah. other than D.D. Gregorius for, for a hot second, nobody has really taken over that position the way it should really have been taken over after Derek Jeter. No, so, like, labor was fine for a month, and then he wasn't fine for a month, and then he was just mediocre. And he, yeah, and he's just not great at shortstop. So I'll give you one or two more here. Okay. Oh, I have on my list. Um, you know, this one, I, I think he's close now. Pete Alonzo. Yeah. Market helps. Home run derby. Uh-huh. Calling timeout, wrapping a mob deep verse, and then hitting the last home run. Uh-huh. Counts. I, I would put Alonzo in there. I really would. And I think he's going to be the, the one of the leaders or if not the leader of, of this team outside of, you know, DeGrom and, and Scherzer. And Lindor. Could, yeah. And, and, and Lindor, as long as he does, they don't run in any wild animals on their way to the clubhouse. Yeah. And so, Albert Almora Jr. Albert Almora. He's chill. That's a South Florida guy. Uh, that's I think Pete Alonso's in that conversation for me. So that's one guy that you didn't have that I had. Fair. And I think I'm, I'm in on, uh, but yeah, that's about it on the offensive side, right? Like, who am I missing there? Okay, I, I've actually got a decent amount of names here. And, okay. and I'm just going to go through them rapid fire and you say yes, or you just shoot them right down and say no. Fair? Yep. I think Wander can make the jump. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's my bad. Wander, Wander, Wander Franco can make the jump. Yeah. Rafi Devers. I feel like if he, if he was going to make the jump, he would have done it by now. Fair. That's a fair argument there. Like, what, what is he going to become, you know? I don't I like what about if, him too. What if he hits 40 bombs? Yeah, I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't really see it either. Like I see 30. What if he hits 300 with 30? He's like already doing that. Yeah. Okay. So what so you think I'm, like, I'm going no on Rafi. Fair. Okay. I'm gonna go yes on Rafi. Okay. Lu, Luis Robert. I think when this guy plays 162 yes. games, he's 100%. Yeah. I'm in. 100 percent He's he's I'm a freak. In. Absolute freak, yes. Another thing, because of off-the-field appeal, Tim Anderson. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, it's funny because 
you look at like collectibles and just, just relevancy. I talk to guys that don't really like baseball that much or don't follow it. And they're always like, Oh yeah. Like Tim Anderson's dope. <laughs> so is. yeah, no, Tim Anderson's yeah. hundred percent with you. Joe, Joe Buck has said that he thinks Tim Anderson should be the face of baseball because he's such a charismatic person. Like he is a larger than life character in Chicago, in Chicago. Like he embodies like South side, like hustle. Like he embodies that vibe and Chicago Speaking as a Chicagoan, as somebody that watches almost every White Sox game, Tim Anderson is beloved here. And whenever I talk to anybody outside of Chicago, they all love Tim Anderson. I haven't heard anybody say, I don't like Tim Anderson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's probably those like 70-year-old boomers out there, but that's not the problem. We don't care about them, really, like on on that end of things, right? I mean, like I care about them as a baseball fan, but your opinion, unfortunately, is is less important. (laughs) Yeah. Just objectively speaking. Okay, here's another one for you. I think if Julio Rodriguez comes out like gangbusters, he takes over the world. Oh, yeah. He's got he's got that. I mean, I've watched a lot of his games, obviously, and I've been watching a lot of his video back from, from this past season. He's got like it. Um, mm-hmm. he, he, he knows how good he is, and he carries himself that way, and he's got that swagger to him, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, two more that I'm like super cold on. Like, I was really debating putting them in this category. Do you think Ozzy Albies can ever get there? No, I don't. I really don't. You know, I, I don't believe in him as a baseball player enough, to be honest. I what think do you he's mean by that. I think he's pretty maxed out. So, what's maxed out? Like 270 with 35 bombs? Yes, and a 320 on base. And yeah. If he stops switch hitting, maybe <laughs> I, I'm going to, I wake up in a cold sweat every night because he won't stop switch hitting. It blows my mind. I, I think he, there's an outside shot. I just don't think he's going to be electric enough. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I wrestled with him. Do you think Cody Bellinger can get back there? That was the one I was going to ask you about when you went through LA. Yes. Yes. Because I mean, dude, he might be one right now still. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, there, there's a dude on TikTok that is famous just off of making Cody Bellinger impressions of like being high all the time. He's great. I, and I really, I feel horrible that I'm not mentioning his, his at cause I'm not on it enough. Uh, but he does a great job. Uh, and, and I'm sure if you, if you've seen it before, you know exactly who I'm talking about, yeah. but it's like Cody Bellinger finds out he got traded. And he'll do like a little like, oh, you know, it's great. It's good stuff. Um, but, you know, like that to me, like he's relevant enough for a guy to make an account about him. You know, that matters. Also, like worst season ever. Right. Like he couldn't have been much worse. And that home run he hit, you know, in, in the postseason, that that home run on the elevated fastball. Yeah. That's to tie it up or take the lead. Tie like, it up. Tie it up. That that to me is just like superstar esque. Mm-hmm. I think if he has a pretty solid year, he he's back in that conversation, hundred percent. I think so too. I've got four pitchers: Shane Bieber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, there's a challenge there. There's a market challenge, there's but I think he, he defies it a little bit. And Justin Bieber knows who he is. I don't know if you remember that whole fiasco. I do. I do. Uh, it was what well, wasn't his nickname for players weekend, not Justin. It was something like that, but there, there was, there was a, a mistake, I think at some point 
where I, I forget what the backstory is, but I think there's more to it than that. Where okay. somebody like there was a mistake where he was referred to as Justin in some sort of context and, and it, and it somehow got to Justin Bieber. Interesting. Okay. Um, my favorite players weekend nickname was Josh Fegley, who was PTBNL, which is awesome <laughs> player to be named later. That was great. Um, okay. So Bieber, he's got to overcome the market, but if he, if he's a strikeout King again, I, I say shoe in, um, mm-hmm. you think Zach Wheeler can ever get there? No. Fair. I just, he just, he's just good and is what he is. And he's 32. Yeah. And, you know, I just, he's just, he's just Zach Wheeler. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think Corbin Burns can transcend his market this year. I think he can too. I mean, he was so stupidly good that I think everyone's going to start just kind of knowing who he is. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, when, when you're hearing, oh shit, we're facing Corbin Burns. You know, that, I think that that starts to just, it just starts to, to carry. Yeah. And then my favorite pitcher in baseball, I think should be there like after his first five starts in 2022. I think Walker Bueller could like be best pitcher on the planet type. Yeah. Even if he's not, you know, I think he's got that, that kind of swagger to him. Like curse on a hot mic. Yeah. Like, yeah. That brim down attack you tight pants, you know, just get after it type of approach. A hundred percent. I'm, I'm, I'm in on Walker. Um, I think he he definitely fits that that type of uh, persona for sure, and the numbers to back it up too. I mean, he's a top ten pitcher in baseball. I don't care what anybody says. All right, who else are we missing here? Um, Yandi Diaz, Yoshi Tsutsugo, <laughs> Yoshi Tsutsugo, or what about? So is is like Garrett Cole hits that mark, but like what I if said he was? Like, yeah, yeah, he he hits the mark. He's in, but. He's kind of like the he's a very unexciting superstar to me. Like he's obviously a superstar, but I don't know. I I think, like there's something about Garrett Cole that just bores me. You know, I agree. And I think this spider tech shit honestly helped him. That got his name circulating in the superstar realm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he wants that, but but any pub is good pub. Uh, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> and I'll have a dinger poster behind me to back that one up. <laughs> yeah. um, Sandy Alcantara, bro. What nah, about him? No. I mean. No, nah, I know. There's no shot. No. There's no shot. Strowman. Like, he's not superstar good. He's, he's very solid. But, but like, let's say he Twitter. makes a couple all-star games in Chicago. Yeah. And he's got that kind of like swagger to him he makes the flashy plays he has me blocked on twitter <laughs> i'm all good i'm still i'm still good um i th- i think of stroman and Cindergard in the same way Cindergard too yeah i mean oh how about this if Cindergard takes the angels to the postseason not take some single-handedly but like they needed pitching good. And he does well and they get in he might he might be there yeah, you know? it's hard because we're we're just throwing out a ton of names, and if everybody does this, it, like it's going to be like fifty guys, but everybody's not going to do this. But that's the thing guys. is is if we're throwing out a lot of names because it's if they achieve this, and only I would say fifteen percent of them are going to achieve the if that we're asking yeah. for. That. So I, I think we're honestly capped at like twenty five or thirty superstars at any given time. Yes, and these are a lot of like big ifs, really. Like those are all guys that like have an outside shot. 
how many of the guys that we just mentioned do you think have like a legitimate high probability shot like in the beginning of the guys we mentioned i'd say 10 yeah i'd say 10 so like the guys that we said could make the could make the jump um tucker Jordan, those two in houston i may have a legitimate shot especially with the departure of correa yeah luis robert tim anderson legitimate shot I think uh, and, yeah, Tim might be there already, honestly. Honestly. And then Tyler O'Neill, legitimate shot. Yep. I think those are the, the main, main dudes. And then Wander. I mean, Wander is going to be there, I think, by by a few months into the season. Yeah. The only thing that really hurt Tim Anderson is just not playing in the postseason for so long. Yeah. If Tim Anderson had been playing in the postseason, I think we, we – you know, we saw him in the field of dreams, right? Like, that was iconic. Was if we had seen him on a bigger stage where we know that Tim Anderson wouldn't blink, you know, I think we're talking about – not we're we're not even mentioning if he's a superstar or not. I, I don't think people realized in like that four game series with Houston, like Tim Anderson and Luis Robert both hit like seven hundred. Like they did everything teams. they freaking could. They showed up, like they carried mm-hmm. that team. Some of the only guys showed up, you know. Yeah. So I, and I think Robert's almost there too because he, he hits the ball so hard, he runs so fast, he's he's so electric. Uh, I I really think he's knocking on the door already those are probably that's the core i those are the main guys that i think we're saying you know they're they're right there yeah the 20 other dudes we listed are like the only other like outsiders alive stars have to align and you know what's interesting it's got to be hard for a first baseman right i mean outside of freddie freeman who has had to do what he has done for a decade and then win a world series really listen we didn't mention paul goldschmidt no, and I love Goldie, but he's just not but a superstar. He's not a superstar. He's not a superstar. He's just not. And he he was great last year. He he could be a Hall of Famer, and he's not really a superstar. You could argue Scott Rowland was never a superstar. No, no, I don't think Scott Rowland was ever a superstar. And I'm I'm like leading the charge on like he's a no doubt Hall of Famer for me. Yeah, but it shows you like it's it's about body of work, you know. So it's not it's not always about the peak. But yep. Aaron Nola, could he get back to that? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> man uh that's arm i'm jack every link you need in the episode description uh did a great job with the um with the shirts to help uh tornado relief in kentucky and that surrounding area we matched uh all donations up to 500 bucks those uh we finished off the sale yesterday yeah yeah we sold a lot it was you know really encouraging to see and and honestly i was just glad we were able to to do anything and um i was re- really just amazed by how, by how many people, you know, were, were willing to come out and help. So thank you so much to everybody that did that and glad we could play a small part. You guys got some stuff. Um, Aram is dropping uh, a guy per organization that can make an MLB impact, a prospect per organization that can make an MLB impact in 2022. He's dropping that today. Also tomorrow, you and Peter take on the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. The Dodgers. Who, who would have thought they need a little bit of help, but they might. I don't think they do. <laughs> They've got money. a little bit, a little bit. The pitching's a little thin. We'll talk to you tomorrow.